speaking of which, uh, welcome to Undercooked Analysis. We're well past December, but I have a Christmas present for you all. Ooh. Yeah. First of all, for those of you joining us, hey, sorry about the delay. A lot of different stuff happened. First, the holidays happened, so we were all kind of doing that. Then Alan got sick, and I didn't want to uh, do this without Alan because we love Alan. Um, yeah, I got hella sick. I got incredibly sick. I still have a little bit of a tickle in the back of my throat, but otherwise, okay. I'm glad you're on the mend, buddy. Uh, it's, it was like, I, when you messaged me about it, I'm like, oh, shit. Well, yeah, absolutely, we can hold off. And everybody uh, has been really understanding, of course. I'm not surprised. Our our small but mighty pool of listeners are very good about this, so uh, I wanted to return the favor. But I've been holding on to this. Despite it, so this is essentially the Christmas episode of UCA, but it's going to be in January. So, Christmas in January, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, not like Christmas doesn't hyperextend into at any month that month that it touches. It like manifests immediately uh, on November first at midnight, and usually doesn't go away until about now. So, I will say, uh, as someone who loves both Halloween and Christmas, I'm one of the I'm one of the few virulently pro-Christmas people I know. Um, everyone who fucking complains about Christmas creeping into other months also starts celebrating Halloween in August, so shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, I'm with you. We, we, I'm okay, it, when, if, if we can start, I'm okay with Christmas beginning November 1st if we can start celebrating Halloween mid-August. Okay, only if, only if we get either A, Christmas music everywhere is relegated to like two weeks or we get to start and actually begin playing Halloween music everywhere the entire time it's being celebrated. Agreed. Every, everyone's got to be one of the other. Halloween music. There's ass loads. It's anything scary. Just no one plays anything. It's like yeah, Rob yeah. Zombie's Dragula and that's it. Or the Monster Mash. That's all anyone ever plays. <laughs> <laughs> this is some bullshit. This is the sad part. This is why uh, Kayla and I build an annual playlist every year, and we never pick the same songs unless we're doing best ofs. This is how we have a, oh gosh, we have at least 150 different songs at this point, which, again, I will, I can provide links to those playlists for anybody who wants them. We just make YouTube playlists and have all these songs. Sometimes they have a theme, sometimes they don't, but they're all tangentially tied, and they're all pretty good, I dare say. I think they're best of. I also will never understand the the the... Especially when it comes to working in a grocery store, the the Christmas music complaint. Because I don't know if you've heard the other songs they're typically playing at a grocery store. It's not an improvement. Mm, I don't know. They've started playing like fucking 90s pop rock. I'm hearing Blink-182 at my grocery store. I'm fine with that. Hmm. Uh, there's wish. this one... There's this one fucking Fergie song I heard three times a day every day I worked at the fucking grocery store, and uh, nothing has been hammered into my psyche harder than that song, and it will never go away, and I want to cut that part of my brain out. Agreed. But I heard three different versions of Mariah Carey's stupid-ass Christmas song in one store, in one session. So I I think we can agree that they all just need to up their music game. Exactly. That's the thing, uh, because I feel like all Christmas music is exponentially improved when it is played in acoustic instrumental. Uh, even if you don't like the lyrics of a song, I'll, or I'll it's earwormy, that. I love the sound of Christmas music. And like, I work at a theme park. Anybody who knows where I work knows that um, you know they have a certain kind of sound to the music. Again, I don't stress specifically where I'm at, but their holiday loop in the area where I'm at is actually quite pleasant, even though. 
one of the songs that they play in the loop in instrumental is the Christmas shoes. Hmm. Oh no. And I hate the Christmas shoes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a song. It is the most, it might be one of the most selfish Christmas songs I've ever heard. I mean, when you have lyrics that say, I knew God had sent that little boy to remind me what Christmas is all about. When the kid is saying, Hey, can you please buy these shoes so I can give them to my dying mother? Uh, 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 Obligatory insert of um, Rich Evans, the true spirit of Christmas. (laughs) Uh, Yes, it is still Christmas motherfuckers. It is still on YouTube. Patton Oswalt does a great bit about Christmas shoes. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. You know what I wish they still played in grocery stores, though? But honestly, that um, like weird 70s Muzak that was like supposed to be subliminally making you buy more stuff. That shit's legit catchy. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. now it's like quite charming, actually. Yeah. Actually, Future Maureen, can you put that in the background for a little bit? Awesome. Maybe it'll convince people to join our Patreon. Woo! Patreon.com slash creative horror. Yep. Name changes visual. Anyway, we'll come back to that. But for now, I have a link to send you because it's time to talk about our story, which was sent to us by Jack Connett. And Jack writes, hey, guys, I've been listening to you all for a long time. I finally plucked up the courage to send you a story I've written. It has dual inspirations. First, there was a Tumblr writing prompt many years ago uh, to write a holiday horror story where the monster is the elf on a shelf. Secondly, the group Jelly of the Month Club has a Christmas song called A Shellfish Elf. I use those as my inspiration. I hope you enjoy reading it as much as I did writing it. It is not perfect, but I'm not much of a writer, so it fits me. Oh, Jack. I, uh, my final thoughts is if anyone does not out there does not have the means to listen to the song uh, Smooth by Carlos Santana featuring Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20 off of the uh, Grammy Award uh, winning platinum album Supernatural, um, just go to any grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> they're playing Fair. it right now <laughs> future maureen oh she's she's glaring at me from the booth no forget it sorry i asked too much would would either of you gentlemen like to start us off sure elf on the shelf a tale of darkness it sits on the mantle watching judging you can feel it as it stares with its unblinking gaze you feel the weight of its eyes as they drill into your soul and strip away all pretense your head throbs, and you think back to how you got in this situation. Oh, we're, we're mise en scene, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Honey, we need this, your <laughs> wife said, pointing at the brightly colored box. <laughs> oh, thank God I'm married in this story. <laughs> you looked at what she was talking about, and you saw it. Elf on the shelf. A hot new thing everyone wanted. Let's go ahead and... Let's go and ahead before and we realize that this is Elf X Reader. <laughs> Who wants those? I've never known anyone to want one. Okay, well, here's here's I've known at least two different groups who have had a an elf on the shelf. And remember, this is well before all of our time, but like, and several of the stu- kids I worked with at the studio at my old job. But um, I actually pr- helped uh, provide the voice for an elf on the shelf one year for a <laughs> listener. Had me call and leave a voicemail as an elf. Amazing. I won't go into it too um, much, but uh, that was fun, Orion. You know who you are. The matches are in the lower drawer. <laughs> His name was Clifford, by the way. <laughs> it was great. It was so fun. Clifford, the crime-inducing elf. <laughs> Hi there, I'm Clifford. Thanks for being a good, such a good boy this year. Except for that one thing, you know what you did. 
<laughs> if you want that to go away, you go get the liquor cabinet key right now. I'm going to promise you right now. <laughs> I'm going to promise Wait. you right now that if we get to a part where I have to, where the elf talks and I have to voice it, I'm going to do the Clifford voice. <laughs> Maybe okay. somehow $50 ends up in the, in the junk drawer. Maybe it disappears. Who knows where that $50 went? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need you to get your parents' tax filings and add one more dependent. <laughs> They'll never know. Kill the dog. Whoa, Clifford! Ah, <laughs> uh, there's only room for one big red animal named Clifford in these parts. <laughs> I know that little bastard sees me sitting on the shelf and wants to get up here and chew on me. We can't let that happen. We can't let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's how it worked. Set up and tell your kids that Santa sent it to watch them to make sure they act like little angels in the months leading up to Christmas. Each night you move it, pose it in some new position so your kids believe it's alive. Mm-hmm. You picked up the box and looked closely at it. You didn't like it. Something felt off. The flat painted eyes, the sinister grin. You couldn't place it, but it seemed bad somehow. And then you blinked and the feeling was gone. That's silly, you thought. A grown man, afraid of a plastic and felt toy elf. I do appreciate that this is in second person. We don't get a lot of those stories. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. There's no reason to be afraid of me. Also, hey, maybe you should leave like a bunch of dark chocolate out in low places. <laughs> <laughs> you got any as reefer? A treat, as a treat for the dog. <laughs> Put reefer in the chocolate, too. I hear they love that. <laughs> um so you bought it you went online and registered your elf twinkle okay so this is modern day yeah yep this isn't even before our time this is modern day okay no i he said the hot new thing elf on the shelf i did google yeah. when the elf on the shelf started and it was 2005 <laughs> really oh so, yeah, wow. I, I assumed it was an older tradition than that. But uh, No, no, I've only known it since about then. I, I actually thought it was later. I thought it was like 2010. What disgusting sadist thought that up in 2005? Someone who apparently did, had a, it was ingenious because now it's everywhere. I mean, Ugh. maybe not everywhere. I don't know how many people do this, but enough do that I've, it's prevalent. Again, uh, I don't know. Back in like 2005. Carol Ebersold and her daughter Chanda Bell self-published the book The Elf on the Shelf, A Christmas Tradition. So they invented it. They called it a tradition in their book where they debuted the concept. That is, you know, I have to respect the boldness because it panned out. To be fair, I have actually met and was taught in college, in one of my college classes, by the man who invented Kwanzaa. So it's okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so the are you aware of the uh, the whole like uh, AFC in Japan on Christmas thing? Yeah, it, it's literally a Christmas tradition because KFC like forced it to be. They just, <laughs> like, start, they just like started flooding the airwaves with like Christmas KFC commercials. Did I? Oh, I saw a Christmas not Christmas. I just saw a KFC commercial when I was in Japan, and their colonel is just like. A young, attractive dude with a goatee. Huh? It, it, it was. I was like, "Oh, oh, that's the Colonel. Oh, chicken. Oh, shit." <laughs> like they, they don't so fuck now, around. So now KFC every year does like an annual like Christmas bucket in Japan, and it uh, aside from chicken, it's just got like a bunch of like 
really like delicious like I just pulled up an image of one now and there's like a an, a whole like fucking pie <laughs> 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 and it comes with like a Christmas ornament and like uh a Damn. hot dish and yeah it looks okay. fucking uh, uh, the, the part of the tradition is there's a commemorative plate in every bucket every year. Jesus Christ! Well, yeah, it, 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 is it really that weird? Like, again, well, I'm, I want to stress this: how many Christmas traditions do we hold that were just in whole cloth invented by capitalism? Well, I'm, yeah. I'm more just yeah. like blown away by the fact that for fast food, that's fucking baller. Have you seen Happy Meals these days? They're depressing. Yeah, they're that's very, true. They're very sad. Jesus um, Christ. We're supposed to be the homeland of capitalism. We don't have decent fucking fast food meals anymore. I I keep meaning to make this point, but uh, I traveled to Canada and everything I see about like so many other places. There are so many other places like out fat Americaning us. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Man. Anyway, man. the story. Yeah. Sorry. Let's, <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about Twinkle the Elf. Uh, you bought it. You went online and registered your elf Twinkle. Your wife went to Pinterest and got ideas about how to arrange Twinkle in unique situations to keep your kids guessing. I am already very nervous about the fact that it has an online registration. That's like not unheard of, but I hope that comes into play later. Yeah. Your your marriage is going great. (laughs) You bought your kids an elf on the shelf. Look, if the story doesn't end with with you, the protagonist, running off to Vegas with the elf, I'm going to (laughs) be Honey, I spent all day looking on Etsy, figuring out places in our house to hide the elf. Cool, honey. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Hey, do you want to, like, have a suicide pact? Or... <laughs> <laughs> Just a crazy idea, you know. Uh, Just, my humor's very dark tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting back into the swing of things after all. This is, you know, this is the first UCA episode of the year. Oh, yeah. Happy 2024, everyone. Uh, you know, things were great for a while. Your daughter Charlotte was instantly in love with Twinkle and was constantly looking for him all over the house. Charlotte wasn't perfect, as evidenced by the Sunday morning she tried to make chocolate omelets. Charlotte was a disappointment. Charlotte was the accident kid, as evidenced. Ain't, ain't no good parent ever like would think that your kids aren't perfect because you love them. And of course they aren't, but you would never say that. That's fucked up. It's a, yeah. Very important to stretch. No good parent, anyway. <laughs> uh, we've just established that you are not a good parent, anyway. Uh, hey, honey, oh, is, yeah, Charlotte, sorry. Is, Char- uh, is Charlotte off to daycare? Great, great. Charlotte sucks, right? We can agree here? <laughs> leave her there. Like, what are they going to do? We just won't pick up the phone. It's fine. <laughs> you know, it's it's not unheard of for people to have a favorite child. Mm. <laughs> is it unheard of to have a least favorite child? Who's your favorite? Even if there's only is one? It, it's not Charlotte for me, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte's out of the running think... immediately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Twinkle's the, Twinkle's the new favorite. Uh, okay, so as evidenced by... Okay, I'll just start over. Charlotte wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. As evidenced by the Sunday morning, she tried to make chocolate omelets for everyone at breakfast. Okay, see, that's just sweet. What the fuck? Yeah, no, that's just that's goofy cute. kid shit. Your sweet, slightly misguided five-year-old daughter mixed eggs, peanut butter, and Nestle Quick. It was disgusting to look at, and the mess was horrendous. But all in all, Twinkle seemed to work well for her. I will always hold it against you that you made this mess. You Wait, what, how does Twinkle factor into that? I don't know. But I it, mean... Uh, I get... Okay, sorry. 
Elf on the Shelf is supposed to be like looking out for people doing naughty stuff. I guess the chocolate omelets is the naughty, the, the one example of a naughty thing she did. But all in but all, Twinkle seemed that, to work well. That does not feel naughty. Also, that feel, I mean, yeah. it's not naughty, it was, it was yeah. sweet and slightly misguided, oh, 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 but not naughty. Oh, I agree. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I was just making so, the point that I think the story was trying to make. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, that's just weird because, um, you know, taking mom's <laughs> shoes and not putting them back. Uh, if it had been making a mess in the kitchen and not cleaning it up, that's naughty. Yeah. Making chocolate omelets is just fun, stupid kid shit. Yeah. So maybe that's what they are intending. But that's not really like a naughty thing. It'd be yeah. especially heinous if you took mom's new shoes and didn't give them back because she's dying. <laughs> 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 we got Christmas shoes in there, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, uh, it'd be especially heinous if you if uh, you were someone who bought the shoes for a kid and assumed it was because God had sent her to teach you a lesson about Christmas. God killed that woman to teach you a lesson about materialism. Every uh, person that God takes is a lesson to learn from. <laughs> <laughs> Teacher says every time God kills someone, it's a lesson for some white guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Remember, Jenny, your mother had to die so one dude could like Christmas a little more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are there are certain old movies that um members of the older generation really uphold that I've seen that I just vehemently hate. Uh, and one of them is Lilies of the Field, and the other one is uh uh, it's a meaningful life, or it's a beautiful life, whatever the fuck it is. Well, anyway, it's a wonderful life. Wonderful it's life. Superb, I, I, I prefer it's a superb life. <laughs> Your eight-year-old Justin was another. It's an, ad- it's an adequate life. <laughs> it'll do a life. It's it's a mediocre life, but it'll but I'll, you'll manage. It's the life I was given, and eh, okay. <laughs> it's an adequate life. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, you privileged asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Your eight-year-old son, Justin, was another matter. He was perfect. We don't talk about him, though. He didn't believe in Santa anymore. Dad, Santa's for babies! You tried to convince him to keep pretending, for Charlotte's sake, and even asked for his help with some ideas for arranging Twinkle. And, for a while, that worked. Then, everything changed from the Fire Nation. Everything changed after Thanksgiving. Wait, do you get the elf on the shelf before Thanksgiving for Christmas? Oh no, I guess oh, that makes so, sense. Do you want him so to be good yeah. for a while? Right, but some some I know some people have leaned into this to the point. I know it's mostly a Christmas thing, and but I've heard of some. I've heard some instances of people, and again, don't quote me on this; it might not be factual. Who do it year round? That would just lose its efficacy. Well, yeah. you, that or enforces the idea of a Santa's police state. <laughs> yeah. Since he has a spy watching you at all times. I've been up here for 345 days. Slowly <laughs> losing my mind. Who knows what I'll do? The dog's gonna get to me eventually. You better do something about that dog. <laughs> I will take matters into my own hands. One way I may not have another. actual hands, but I'll do it. Um, Justin's friends found out about Twinkle and began making fun of him for it. Good. So he- <laughs> I, I, as someone who was bullied and hates bullying good fuck that shit <laughs> so he began acting out he stayed up all night on his ipad playing minecraft <laughs> so you took his ipad <laughs> he fell behind at school and was caught cheating off of his friends so you grounded him 
Then came the deal breaker. I <laughs> <laughs> love that we all read ahead at the same time. <laughs> oh, it took dude, a... I, I, won't, I don't want to say it. Just... <laughs> it took a, a moment. He took a pack of bologna from the fridge and threw the slices of bologna at the ceiling, trying to make them stick. <laughs> he came home to a kitchen ceiling polka dotted with bologna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Justin rocks. You wanted to like... laugh at the absurdity of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> but Charlotte's face and the way she looked at Twinkle drained all the humor out of the situation. He looked terrified. Wait, oh. wait. Okay, so Charlotte makes a fun, silly little meal and she's not perfect. Justin throws baloney on your ceiling, which is going to stain it and make you need to repaint, but huh, that's funny. She uh, wasted lunch meat, too. What, what the hell is... That's not naughty? I'm confused. I think... Yeah. I think it, it, you know I think... Well, it's acting out. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know why well, that's the deal breaker. Mm-hmm. But it also... It feels... Well, this is maybe a minor thing, but that... Yeah. Because, like, in terms of everything else, like, cheating at school, that feels like the deal breaker. Yeah. And it's just... I don't know. Like, maybe it's all implied, and I'm reading too much into it, but it yeah. feels weird that we're not make especially if if the, like the mechanism of this story is the elf on the shelf and you're going to be like tallying naughty versus nice you think that we'd be calling it out maybe a little bit more explicitly but maybe and, and that might be me just asking too much mm. uh <clears throat> that night at bedtime you heard her saying her prayers it was the usual stuff god bless mommy and daddy god bless nanny and papa and please protect justin from twinkle <laughs> awesome and the dog please protect the dog from twinkle you pause at that. Huh? Don't let Twinkle kill the dog. <laughs> <laughs> now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my dog to keep. <laughs> From Twinkle. From Twinkle. But you paused at that. The smile dying on your lips. You asked your wife about it that night. What? She asked. She asked God to protect Justin from Twinkle. Why? I don't know. Absurd sentence. Honey, we're having this conversation. That's a pretty good <laughs> indicator something's wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I only know what I heard. Maybe she's just worried Twinkle will tell Santa and Justin will get cold this year, she offered. You weren't sure, so you told her you'd ask Charlotte tomorrow over breakfast. A breakfast of uh, chocolate omelets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next morning, you asked her about the strange prayer. She started to answer, then she stopped and looked around. Then she gave a little jump and a squeak, closed her mouth, and shook her head. She turned to see what scared her and saw Twinkle hiding behind the fruit bowl on the counter. And you understood. He was terrified of the elf on the shelf. You know what also kills dogs? Lemons. Got a whole <laughs> bucket of them in here. Oh, heavenly, a lemon. You stood up and walked to Twinkle. Hey, Twinkle, buddy. I need to talk to Charlotte about something that's a secret. So I'm going to ha- take her into the living room. You okay with that? No. And you lean down and... Pre- <laughs> oh! Keeping secrets from me? I see and hear everything. Big Santa was watching you. <laughs> Then you leaned down and pretended to listen to him. Okay, honey, we're good. Let's go. I do want to say uh, the characterization of Charlotte being afraid of the elf was actually really good. Yeah, I like that. That is good. Like, I understand a five-year-old being afraid of, like, rightfully being afraid of an entity that is always watching you and judging you. You went into the living room and she burst into tears. Twinkle isn't a good elf, she began. He scares me. What do you mean, sweetie? He works for Santa. He's not scary. He doesn't work for Santa. He told me he works for someone else. 
He called him Krampus. Fuck yeah. Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah. Traitor elf, traitor elf, traitor elf. Hell yes. I love, okay, I'm, I'm on board. I'm, on, I'm fucking on board. You jolted at that. Krampus? You hadn't thought about him in nearly 25 years when you were on the lacrosse team together. <laughs> Not since the war. <laughs> Not since I played Carnival. Since your nanny Rose passed away. <laughs> she always used to tell tales from the old country about Krampus. He was sort of an anti-Santa, punishing naughty children. Who told your five-year-old about Krampus? You were instantly furious. You saw the look. She saw the look on your face and cowered from you. You were stricken by that, and your face softened. I'm sorry, honey. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at whoever's been scaring you with stories about Krampus. Who was it? Was it Justin, that baloney-tossing motherfucker? <laughs> I'll kill him. <laughs> Charlotte, you're the new perfect one. Justin's on real thin ice. He's one baloney lunch packet away from being disowned. <laughs> you are one Lunchables from getting kicked out of this house. <laughs> My baloney has a first 18. name and it's beat Justin's ass. <laughs> <laughs> when the Wienermobile shows up, I'm throwing him in there and sending him off to the factory. <laughs> no, Daddy, I told you it was Twinkle. He comes into my room when you and Mommy are asleep and sits on my pillow. He tells me scary stories about Krampus and what he'll do to Justin and me if we're bad. <laughs> she, she broke down, great racking sobs that shook her tiny frame. I don't want Justin to be punished by Krampus for the baloney. Don't let Twinkle tell on him. Another great sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> you caught her in a big bear hug and he held, and held her as she cried. It's okay, pumpkin. Pumpkin? Pumpkin? Whatever. I won't. That's, that's, a, that's a viable way to say pump, pumpkin. Is it okay, okay. pumpkin? Right. Yeah, and I've, heard, I've heard it. it that way before. And you meant it. You reassured her and got her off to school, and then you had a conversation with your wife. What? She asked, who's been telling her this? <laughs> I don't know. You responded. Why weren't you in elf practice? <laughs> but she believes it's Twinkle. She believes Krampus will take her or Justin and punish them for misbehavior. Also, I'm married to little John. I don't know if I mentioned that. <laughs> uh, Reader X, little John. Uh, that elf needs to go, is where we're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That elf needs to go, he said. She spat the word elf like it was a curse. Oh, shit, are you racist? She 180 on that elf so fast. Mm-hmm. Is she a dwarf? Or did you marry a dwarf? <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's Lil, John. You got up and went in... <laughs> oh, that was stupid. <laughs> Cut that out. Now <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going in. <laughs> it's staying, no, it's staying in. Maureen's giving me a thumbs up. <laughs> you got up and went into the kitchen to get Twinkle from his spot behind the fruit bowl. When you got into the kitchen, he was gone. Honey, he called from the kitchen. Did you move the elf? Oh, why? Came the reply from the living room. It's gone? <laughs> why, the fuck, why the fuck do you think? It's not a rhetorical <laughs> question. <laughs> this marriage is falling apart. This is what we're seeing. Your wife came running into the kitchen, her face shocked and a little frightened. Where is it? She asked. She started frantically scanning the kitchen, looking for the elf, which she didn't find. You both looked all over the room, even opening the cabinets and the fridge, despite how ridiculous that sounded. You felt your wife start to panic, and you put a steadying hand on her shoulder. I'll find it. Don't worry. And then you began searching the house. Laundry rooms? Not there. Living room? Nope. Front hall? No. Justin's room? Empty. Your bedroom? No. Master bedroom? Master bathroom? No. This is a real estate tour now. They're trying to sell the house to us. Basement, attic, ADU. 
<laughs> Garden shed. Uh, uh, <clears throat> air conditioning, HVAC. No. <laughs> uh, attached garage. Unattached garage. Just... Attache case. No. You were just starting to think you'd gone crazy when you opened the door to Charlotte's room and saw it. Twinkle was sitting in the center of her bed. Its eyes were trained in the door, flat and lifeless. You stalked up to it and picked it up. You half expected it to move in your hand to try to bite you. But nothing like that happened. You took the elf to your bedroom and got the box down from your closet. You put the elf in the box and took it downstairs to the kitchen. You got the tape from the junk drawer and taped it to within an inch of its life. Then you took the box out to the garage and put it in the bottom of your toolbox. After that, you thought, was that? No, so, and that, you thought, was that. But of course, it wasn't. Before we I continue, like... I'm going to address this to David because it's a reference I think only he will get. Uh, hey, David. Hmm? Berlin's Shop of Mystical Wonders. You're welcome. The, the monkey. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love you this much. Yeah. Uh, the cursed <laughs> monkey that the dad keeps trying to get rid of, but it keeps, like, reappearing. It's it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna. Hey, you know, come to think, monkey also killed a dog. And <laughs> Charlotte and Justin got home, you told them that Santa had called Twinkle back to the North Pole. He was going to be reassigned. Because he'd done such a good job here, and Santa was happy with the progress. Okay. Justin was nonplussed. <laughs> <laughs> Justin didn't give two shits. But the relief Justin on was Charlotte's finally face... glad it was gone, so people wouldn't make fun anymore. The relief on Charlotte's face was obvious. You had a great evening after that. Charlotte helped her mother cook supper as best she could, and Justin did the dishes without being asked. <laughs> She watched Elf on TV in the hope that it could drive the fear from Charlotte's heart. First, first of all, I love how there's still a passive aggressiveness at Charlotte's cooking. Yeah. Charlotte helped her mother cook as best as she could. Charlotte is clearly aiming to be a baker, and you're aiming to crush her hopes and dreams early on. Is this just like Gordon uh, Ramsay? <laughs> Gordon Ramsay acts Elf. I made chocolate omelets, Daddy. Where's the fucking lamb sauce? <laughs> you put fucking Nesquik in it. And then Nesquik's You can quickly get the raw. fuck out of here. Uh, and it worked. <laughs> oh when your daughter said her prayers that night, she included, thank you for sending Twinkle back to the North Pole. Please talk to him before he gets sent to another family. I think he has some problems. <laughs> 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 you chuckled at that. Your daughter asking God to talk to a toy elf because he has some problems. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. Yeah. Um, you were awakened in the in the middle of the night by Charlotte crawling into your bed between you and your wife. Honey, you began. What's wrong? He came back. You felt your heart drop into your stomach. And before you could even ask, she answered your question. Twinkle. She sat on my pillow and he sat on my pillow and told me you'd been naughty. That Krampus was going to punish you. I couldn't listen anymore. So I came in here. You felt, <clears throat> you felt a chill along your spine and said, I'll go check. Don't worry. Stay here with mommy. She looked up at you with eyes that were too wide and were filled with unshed tears, but she nodded. You went to the garage and opened your toolbox. There at the bottom was the box. It was torn open. You looked in surprise, which became tinged with fear when you looked closer. It appeared to have been ruptured from the inside. As if Twinkle had torn his oh. way out of the box himself. You left the garage and stopped in the kitchen for a knife from the block by the stove on your way to hunt for the missing toy. <laughs> I cool. love how genre savvy we are in this story. Because they're this, the second person. This is the type of Christmas horror story that like, I want to be a movie. Because it's simple yes. enough. And it doesn't have to be like 
overly schlocky or anything. It's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Get this dumb killer elf out there of just being a horrible. Just, and you just play it. It's just silly. Yeah. You decided. Uh, there is there is a great, there is a phenomenal strength and appeal in my eyes to absurd situations played entirely straight. Yeah. Same. Yes. Yeah. Um, you decided to cut straight to the chase and went to Charlotte's room. You opened the door, but there was no elf on her bed. You searched the room and had no luck. On impulse, you went to Justin's room. Your heart stopped when you opened the door. His room was destroyed. All the toys and books on his shelves were scattered across the floor. Turns out he just did that. Real shitty kid. (laughs) His TV had a giant hole smashed through it. No. His laptop was broken in half. No. The pieces in his trash can. His bed. Oh, God, his bed. He peed all over it. <laughs> the bedclothes were torn by what looked like giant claw slashes. There was a large stain near the center of the bed that looked like blood. Pee. On the wall above the bed were photographs <laughs> of Justin. In one, he was on his iPad in the dark playing Minecraft. Ooh. In another, he was throwing a slice of bologna up toward the kitchen ceiling. That one made me chuckle. <laughs> I remember fondly. I wasted all the good lunch meat. Simpler times. <laughs> a, third, a third showed him looking at the test paper of the student in front of him. All the pictures were of Justin doing something he shouldn't be doing, and in the center of the wall, in blood, was the word naughty. And Justin was gone. I really Shit. like that these pictures were taken. Um, that's yeah. like a good good horror beat. I like that a lot. Yeah, this is fun. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> you woke your you woke your wife and sent her to see the room while you sat with Charlotte. Honey, did Twinkles say anything about Justin? Yes, she said, giant tears rolling down her small face. He said Justin had been naughty and that Krampus was going to take him and punish him. He said I'd never see Justin again. Your wife came back into the room, her eyes wide with maternal panic. Where is he? Where is my boy? I don't know. I want you to take Charlotte and go to your parents' house. Don't pack. Just go. You can buy what you need tomorrow. For now, you just have to take her and go. I'll stay here and look for Justin and after I call the police. I want you out of here just in case this, that, this thing is, and you pause for a moment before you finished, something the police can't handle. You grab a shotgun and start loading shells. <laughs> she looked like she was going to argue with you, but then she stopped and gave a curt nod. She picked Charlotte up, slipped her bedroom shoes on, and grabbed her purse and the car keys, and then she left. You were alone in the house. At least, you hoped you were alone in the house. You considered calling the police, but you weren't sure what you'd tell them. You see, officer, my wife and I were in bed asleep while my son's bedroom was absolutely destroyed. No, we didn't hear a thing. I know it's a lot of damage. I agree, it would have been loud. No, I don't know how we didn't hear it. No, officer, I don't have any enemies. I don't know who would have taken my son. Yes, officer, that does appear to be blood. I have no idea how it got there, or even whose blood it is. Yes, those photographs are of my son. No, I don't know who took them or how. Yes, this is baloney he's throwing at the ceiling. In fact, officer, (laughs) if you want honesty, I suspect that Krampus took him because Twinkle, that's our elf on the shelf, told on him. Mental illness? No, officer, there's no history of mental illness in my family. Why do you ask? (laughs) You did not see any way that this could work out well for you, and definitely not any way they'd be able to help. This is so good. This this baloney uh, motif is beautiful. It's uh, it's my favorite beat. It is so good. <laughs> you were on your own. Just you, currently missing Twinkle, and maybe Krampus. 
Three's company, too. You began your search for the elf by going back into your bedroom. Your plan was simple. Clear a room, lock it behind you. Work your way methodically through the house until you found the elf, and then... What? Did you really believe that the elf was working for Krampus? Did you even believe in Krampus? You know your naughty Rose did. When she was a child, Krampus was a given. Everyone knew about him. Everyone believed. Everyone from the smallest child to the oldest village elder. It wasn't even a matter of belief, really. People just knew and accepted that he was real. You strained to remember stories you hadn't heard in nearly 25 years. Krampus came for all the naughty children on Krampusnacht, or Krampus Night. If a child survived until the next morning, they were safe for another year. You stopped to think. When was Krampusnacht? Sometime in early December, you thought. The 5th? Today was the 5th. Oh, shit. So if Krampus was real and he didn't get Charlotte tonight, she'd be safe. You just Thank needed God. to find Twinkle. According to Charlotte, he was reporting to Krampus. <laughs> so you'd need to stop him from doing that. You should be safe, because Krampus ain't only came for children. And at 34, he left childhood behind long ago. Oh, Adult God. immunity! I think that's the first time I have heard the age 34 called out in one of these stories. And I'm currently 34. Damn, I'm old. Excuse you, I'm 35. <laughs> hey, uh, toddlers? <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Uh, you search. You search the house up and down, and you finally found him. He was hiding behind the logs in the fireplace. He was filthy. His red and white suit smudged suit. Yeah, sorry. His red and white suit smudged with ash and soot. You picked him up and carried him to the garage. There, you picked up a hammer and some nails. You went back into the living room and nailed him to the mantel. Okay, elf. Now it's just you and me. We're gonna spend the night looking at each other, and when the sun rises, this will be over. You swear you saw his smile change a little, becoming something wolfish. So you began your visit. And still you sit. Neither one of you blinks. You because you're unwilling to take your eyes off of him for one second. Him because his painted eyes are incapable of blinking. You don't look away when you hear the front door creak open. You don't turn when you hear the heavy footfalls behind you. And you don't blink when you feel the heavy hand on your shoulder. All you can do is shudder when you smell the hot, rancid breath as a deep, raspy voice whispers, Child, in your ear. What is 34 years to a being that has seen centuries? Of course you're still a child, and you've been naughty. Yeah! Baller! Yeah. That was great! Loved awesome. It. Woo! Fantastic. Excellent. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry I didn't get this all to you sooner. I just, you know, better late than never, right? I, yeah, you yeah. know, uh, Alan was sick. I was sick for like three weeks on and off. It was a rough end of the year, so... We got yeah. to it when we got to I was it. actually sick of a good chunk of uh, December, the first half of December as well. So, well, on again, off again, but yeah. Um, but you know, again, this was I'm I'm this was a this was a great way to start things out. Um, yeah. I it's been a while since we've done a story in second person. Those are very rare. Um, and I know I I know uh, Jay is being really modest about uh, you know, their writing. You know, not much of a writer, but I disagree. I think you get a you have a great sense of what how to make the story be compelling. There might be some places where we, you know, we, we poke a little fun, but like, honestly, the, the whole thing worked for me on a whole. And I will, I would gladly, I would love to see this uh, adapted in some way as a, you know, just a fun little, you could do this like a fun little horror short film if you wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's, it, it's in that absolutely. weird middle space where, um, 
even if we weren't like running on tangents and making up in jokes and stuff, this would still be enjoyable to us just to read. And that is kind of like yeah. the perfect UCA story. Uh, absolutely, absolutely stuck the landing as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Didn't have yeah. to go into full detail I, about Krampus, have a drawn out fight or anything. Just he's behind you and there's nothing you can do. Perfect. Great ending. And and you somehow, because you, you earned the, this is a thing that comes up a lot in uh, Creepypasta and other horror stories from the past that I, I've always bugged me when the character is, <clears throat> where the character is, is usually like, and, and I'm still here working on this thing and he's coming up behind me, please, but you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the second person narrative and because of the way the story has flowed, you earned that thing where it's happening in the present and you're still sitting there. And I like that. I like that you made that work because it could get so tired when you hear about, you know, you, you find the diary of someone or you're reading the diary of someone who's writing as the monster is coming up to kill them, you know? Mm-hmm. In this case, Absolutely. it's not that. I'm not saying it's that, but the, the idea that it's always been handled poorly and I was thinking about that just recently. So seeing that here, I think is a really good uh, is a really good example of how to make that kind of ending work. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, uh, I was a little worried when Krampus was mentioned, but um, it, uh, it handled really well throughout. Yeah, mm. um, very good building up to Krampus and then not wasting him as well. Yeah. The perfect, the perfect amount of Krampus in this story. Please listen to our next upcoming podcast, The Perfect Amount of Krampus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to play bass for The Perfect Amount of Krampus. Uh, you all want to um, give this freshness ratings before we sign off? I give it a um, fully spent bologna pack out of a now-ruined ceiling. <laughs> Yes, I will give it an OSCAR out of a possible M-A-Y-E-R. <laughs> I will give this a uh, a perfectly made uh, chocolate omelet <laughs> out of uh, finding all the dark chocolate left out for the dog just in time. Uh, have either of you seen The Devil of Christmas? No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. There's a, there's, a, there's a television show called Inside Number 9 that I'm really quite fond of. Um... They did an episode uh, episode called "The Devil of Christmas," which uh, is like a tribute to like British seventies anthology like thrillers. Oh, nice! Uh, so it's set Ooh. up so it's like poorly filmed, like a seventies anthology thriller. They really nailed the tone, but it has a fucking twist ending that like fucking had me shook for days. Oh, that sounds great! Oh, Inside Number Nine itself is. Uh, uh, anthology show hosted by uh, uh, two British comedians named uh, uh, Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton. Uh, but it's always in generally, in general, uh, very very dark and very. Every episode hangs on on twists essentially. Uh, so it's kind of like Twilight Zoney, but not really. Um, highly recommend Inside Number Nine. Anyway, The Devil of Christmas specifically. Cool. Hmm. Neat. I always like that kind of deal when they can really lean into a, uh, a specific kind of genre when it comes to not just the, the tone, but the style, the way it's shot, the way it's presented. It's always good. I'll have to look it up. I'll definitely look it up. Actually, this sounds awesome. Well, this has been a good way to start uh, things off. I'm feeling good. Begin on a high note. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're off right. Uh, thank you both for uh, joining me for this one. Uh, I couldn't think of a Better group of folks to read this with, and uh, 
As always, if you've enjoyed listening to our shenanigans, uh, please come and support the Creative Horror Network. Uh, CreativeHorror.com is where you can find all of our various podcasts, including the Jameson Tapes, uh, the uh, Darkly Lit Podcast, the Witching, the uh, and then a few other retired podcasts like the Witching Hour and uh, Midnight Marinara, Trick or Track. You know, fun fun stuff like that. Uh, as mentioned earlier, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash creative horror. You can come and support our endeavors there. We're, we're working toward the point where we are starting to upload content, extra content from the other podcasts on the show. I know there is some uh, Jameson Chapes content on there already. And I know the dregs for this one's going to be pretty fun to listen to as we kind of warm into this. Uh, but that's where you can find well, all the choice uh, dregs. Also, there's a thing I've been promising for the Patreon for some time, which should actually be going up tomorrow. So Excellent. Ooh, Fantastic. I mean, you're saying tomorrow as when we record this, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, that gives you a sense uh, so, of when hey, we every, record everyone this. Listen, this everyone listening, everyone listening, uh, it's probably there now. So, Yeah, probably. Yeah, go take, go take a look. Fantastic. And uh, is there anything else we need to uh, discuss while we're here? Yeah, the, there's an elf that's been looking at me from the corner of the room since I sat down. Oh, yeah. Definitely do what um, it says. Yeah, listen to the elf. Dark chocolate. What am I going to do with dark chocolate? (laughs) Good evening, intrepid listeners. This is the Pasta Shade, the host of Midnight Marinara, and this podcast is part of creativehorror.com, a network of podcasts and creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. For more content like this, visit us at (laughs) creativehorror.com. (laughs) 